0: Everybody. welcome to the Roundtable Sports Podcast. My name is Taylor McLean. Today we're going to look at the Atlanta Falcons 40-23 victory over the Minnesota Vikings. Both of these teams have been under fire recently for their losing ways, <clears throat> which led to a pretty toss-up matchup in my opinion. And I think if I was going to say what this game really turned on, I think it would be that Matt Ryan got Julio Jones and Russell Gage back simultaneously, and they were able to move the ball through the air pretty successfully throughout the day. When we're talking about Atlanta, of course, we're looking at Matt Ryan's day, 30 for 40, 371 yards, and four touchdowns. Really, he added on in garbage time as well. And the cool thing that I saw for the Atlanta offense and Matt Ryan is They didn't abandon the run exactly, but they were more willing to pass it in running situations and they were more willing to try and work the edges of the field with Julio and Calvin. And having Julio back on the other side of Calvin just helps both of them. They kind of feed off of each other and they need both of them to be out there to take the eyes off the other. And while that means they'll trade big days from time to time, I think there's plenty on the plate for both of them to eat in this offense. Now, I don't quite think that there's enough for Russell Gage, but – I do think there is enough for both Julio and Calvin Ridley to get use loose on, on a game-to-game basis. And Russell will have his days as well because with all three of them out there, they have three dudes that have four three speed out on the field, and they can really stretch a defense thin and then allow everybody else to do everything underneath. And all three of them are capable of producing underneath as well. So I like Russell. I like what he's brought to this offense. And in the way that they had Taylor Taylor Gabriel a couple of years ago, I love the way that he's added that extra dimension and kind of doesn't allow defenses to slide too hard either way to the other options. Now, while those other options are superior to Russell, no doubt, and those are the pieces of the Atlanta offense I want to have, Julio and Calvin, I I think uh, Matt Ryan is somebody that I'm looking at as well. Now, the reason I'm looking at Matt Ryan is, first of all, I I love the way he's throwing the ball. He seems to be dialed in. The Atlanta line has done a decent job of keeping him upright, although Minnesota doesn't possess a hounding pass rush outside of Ngakwe. But I like what I'm seeing from Matt. There's certainly going to be plenty of throwing the ball, it seems like. And that was the biggest thing I saw, was that Atlanta seemed a little bit more willing to throw the ball today And that was the big thing, like I said, was Atlanta seemed a little bit willing to throw the ball, a little bit more willing to cook. And those have been the more successful offenses that I've seen so far. The ones that are throwing dynamic passing in with their running game on early downs, making smart calls. And for whatever reason, it seemed like Atlanta had really kind of turned the corner today when they were making those calls, converting a ton of third downs. And that's the one thing that Minnesota wasn't getting done for the most of the game, Although they didn't really get a chance a lot of the time because Kirk Cousins was too busy throwing three interceptions, but We'll hold that for just a moment and finish up with Matt Ryan and the receivers got a little muddled there. And we're going to talk about them together because really that's the big asset of this team is Matt Ryan and those two receivers are really your fantasy options at this point. Hayden Hurst scored a touchdown today, and while he's benefiting from having no eyes on him and all the eyes everywhere else, I don't know that that's going to be something week to week that's going to be exciting. But I do think that, you know what, he does offer a better floor than a lot of those low-end options that from where you drafted him. So I think I'm holding Hayden Hurst. I'm not excited if he's my tight end, but you definitely have worse options out there. So maybe you're uh, clinging to him like a raft. But let's finish up with Calvin and Julio and and Matty. Let's not not get sidetracked. So definitely trying to buy into Calvin Ridley. He looks incredible out there and is really up to his game in in this year. You know, despite Julio being back out there and being the dominant target, I think Julio's going to draw the better corners. He's going to draw more eyes, and Calvin's going to be able to eat in those times. So I think they're probably going to trade off big game for big game. And uh, like I said, I think there's plenty to eat for both. And when we're talking about Matt, I like him as one of the better pocket passers, mainly because of the situation in Atlanta where they're going to have to be coming back. Their defense is good, but eh, good is pushing it. Probably more of an average unit overall with some better pieces up the middle. And, uh, of course, getting A.J. Terrell help today, he made a great pick uh, on on a play on Kirk. So that one wasn't necessarily Kirk's fault. It was more of a great play. But still, it's not an overall dominant unit. And while it put Atlanta in position to score today and helped out, it'll also work the same way when Atlanta's down, that Atlanta will have to throw the ball. They'll be the one getting the garbage time. And while they took advantage of Minnesota's garbage time today, I still think that's something that, that is sustainable. And I think that's why I've liked Matt Ryan for the last couple of years. And it's the opposite of Matt Stafford. They're not running the ball super successfully. That's not really the way they're set up to cook. So I think now that Dan Quinn's out of there, it feels like there was some weird edict to run the ball. Maybe, I don't know, but regardless, if they'll just let Matt Ryan work here and they can keep him upright like they did today, then I think this is a situation to target. And I think this is somebody I'd want to have as kind of the top end of the pass catchers, just because of the volume. Like I said, I like Matt Stafford's arm probably better. But at the same time, it's just not the same situation when Detroit is a little bit more committed and a little bit more able to run the ball. Speaking of running the ball, let's talk about Todd Gurley. You know, Todd definitely dominated the rushing touches, uh, definitely got himself involved in the passing game a little bit more, which I like. And it's not that I don't see burst from Todd Gurley. It's just not a very successful running game. And when he's not able to fall into the end zone like he didn't today – Uh, When they're not able to get close and able to run the ball up close, you know, to the goal line, I don't see this being a great situation as far as the running back goes. Now, it's good enough, and I think the offense is dynamic enough to put him at the back end of the running back twos. But I still don't think it's be a situation I was trying to target from a week to week basis. You know, they're operating with Brian Hill a lot in the passing situations, too. Brian Hill absolutely has burst. And while he might not be a top 20 running back, I think he might be someone good should Todd Gurley go down. But for the time being, he's really sapping up that value and really taking away from Todd Gurley's overall upside. Now, it's more likely to keep Todd Gurley healthy. But at the same time, I don't like that in my running backs. And it's probably a situation that I'm looking to deal out of because it is so touchdown dependent. Let's move over to the Minnesota Vikings. You know, if you looked at the stat line only for Kirk Cousins, you might be excited about the fantasy day. But I can tell you with some certainty that a lot of this was cooked up in garbage time and when Atlanta had kind of backed off. Now, I keep talking about garbage time, but let me explain what I mean by that. When an NFL team gets up by enough in the second half, they will back their coverage off a bit and make sure that nothing gets by them because really the only thing that can hurt them in those moments typically is really fast scores. So if the opponent is forced to move the ball down the field methodically, that wastes the time and that makes it less and less likely that they'll be able to come back even if they score. So in this game... Atlanta was playing tight coverage on, on the receivers. They were able to get Kirk Cousins off of his mark. I mean, they intercepted him on the first pass, and he had three, just bang, 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 and allowed Atlanta to get up big. And then once Atlanta got up big, that's when the weapons started to cook. That's when they were able to get going just because Atlanta wanted to hold on to the lead. And then Atlanta pushed it on offense when they got the ball back in garbage time and allowed and got a Hayden Turk touchdown kind of late to pad Matt's stats and then that in turn padded all the Minnesota stats when they were able to drive the ball when all the Falcons cared about was preventing a quick score so when the passing lanes are more open because the defense is backed off, Kirk looked great today; he was putting the ball around and doing all that, but that was when they backed off that was in garbage time so unless there's going to be a ton of garbage time and that's something you want to bet on i don't think kurtz cousins is something i'm excited about the other thing they were able to do today as far as atlanta defense was they were able to get into the backfield and really stifle alexander madison and the backfield and it wasn't it was partly the reason that they got up so much in the first place is that you know it led to disjointed drives it led to three and outs and of course the picks and whatnot But that got them down, and then they had to abandon the run. They had to start passing, and with those passing lanes being a little bit more open in the intermediate term, it really took Alexander Madison out of the game plan. And weirdly, they started using Amir Abdullah at some point, and that was weird, especially when they have Mike Boone. So it was a very muddled mess as far as the backfield goes. I think what I would do, because I'm guessing that Dalvin Cook probably plays after the bye week, he didn't seem to be all that hurt, even though he was held out this week. I think they were just being smart. I do think that they will feature Dalvin when they come back coming out of the break. So that's my expectation. And it just didn't seem like Alexander was able to garner the same share of feature that Dalvin would have. He wasn't used as much in the passing game. He's really used more to spell Dalvin a lot of the time in that way. So I think what I would do is if I have Dalvin, I would bet that the person that owns Alexander Madison after he comes back probably drops him. Now that would be a dumb move because I think there would be way bigger days for Alexander Madison if if the Vikings are able to stay a little bit more into this game and a little bit more on time. So what I would do is if I own Dalvin, I would wait for him to be dropped and then absolutely pick him up to, to back Dalvin with. So that way you didn't have to use the draft capital that you used come draft day to get Alexander. You're getting him for free. And I predict that that will likely happen when the, the bye weeks come up and Alexander is not playing. Those are typically the first players to get jettisoned. So I would be looking for that because I can tell you unequivocally that Alexander has burst and that he has the ability to be an NFL running back. It's just that Atlanta Falcons did a good job of penetrating and getting into the backfield and really stifling all the different runs, which led to you know longer passing situations, more obvious passing situations for Cousins in the first half. And that's where he struggled. And then, of course, like I said, he was able to get everybody involved and Justin Jefferson and, and Thielen with the touchdown. And of course, Justin got the, se- the second touchdown down in the super garbage time minutes but I can tell you that most of this came because the defense backed off and because Kirk Cousins is an inferior quarterback and an under 20 top 20 quarterback that is capable of taking a great team somewhere but is not capable of dragging an intermediate team anywhere so we'll need to see more from him now the only thing like I said I'm still buying Alexander Madison I'm still buying Dalvin Cook if I can I mean, I'm still into Dalvin absolutely, and I think he'll come back in short order. And they know they have to have him to take the eyes off everybody else. And instead, today those eyes went to Adam Thielen. It seemed like Adam was covered up most of the day and was only able to save his day with a late touchdown. He still looks like he's fine out there. You know, he got he was down at one point on the field, but he came back, and that's after afterwards and scored the touchdown to save the day same thing with Justin Jefferson I mean Justin was more involved throughout the day and they didn't seem to have as many answers for him but they were able to keep Kirk off the mark so they weren't able to take advantage on a consistent basis not able to convert as many third downs as they needed to and that's just because Kirk is not as good as Matt Ryan he's not as good as any of these pocket passers at all and it's sad that For Vikings fans if that's the case and that you probably need to move on because your team has dilapidated to the point where it's probably time for a little rebuild now rebuilds are fine for fantasy value Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen absolutely still have value probably valuing Thielen more even with Justin Jefferson's day he's just been a little bit more consistent as it were But at the same time, I like Justin Jefferson. I'm flexing him out. I'm starting him as my wide receiver three, and I'm excited about it because I do believe this team is bad enough that there's going to be a lot of comebacks like this, and they're going to have to throw, and uh, they're not going to have their way where they're going to be able to just sit back and run, et cetera, too often. And when they're really cooking is when they're running the ball and passing the ball with Dalvin, with Thielen, et cetera, and they're able to keep the defense off guard. And without Dalvin today, they weren't able to do that, and they were able to focus more on the pass. And even really, they were still penetrating more with the run. I'm not even sure – what Dalvin would have done with a day like this, but I know he would have consolidated more of the touches, and I know he would have been—it would have been easier for him to have more value on a day like today because he is so insulated with the way he's involved throughout the offense. So buying Dalvin, buying Justin, buying Adam Thielen—that's it for my Vikings. I'm not buying into any of the tight ends at this point until Irv Smith has the role all to himself. But I do like the talent level of Irv Smith. He's been showing me more and more on film, and I'm just not sure this offense is super set up for that. Um, It's more of a run-blocking role in the tight end as far as I can see, but Irv definitely has the burst, so that's something I might be looking at if I saw a Rudolph injury. But with the overall lower upside of the passing offense in the first place, I'm not sure that's somewhere I'd be excited about anyway anyway, that's what I've got for this game, guys. It was a fun game to watch. I look forward to seeing more of both of these teams. Just because the records are kind of lower doesn't mean these teams don't still have a little pop and a little juice, unlike some of the teams out there. So good for them. We'll see what they can do next time. Like, listen, subscribe. Check me out and see what you think about all the different games. And to look forward to some videos coming out later today.